Hey guys, welcome back to Page A Podcast brought to you by the Auburn Plainsman. I'm your host, Kristen Carr, and I have to say I am so excited to get this podcast back started. We took a little bit of a break during the summer, but we are back and ready for all of the busyness and craziness that this fall has to bring for us and just so much stuff going on. We have a lot to catch up on that happened this summer. So we are going to start off with Auburn Olympians. And how can you talk about Auburn Olympians without mentioning Suni Lee? Suni Lee is, I would have to say, probably Auburn's new celebrity at the moment. She is super popular. She's been seen around town. Students are really excited that she's here on the plains and ready for a competition coming in the spring. And if you don't already know, Suni Lee is a gymnast and she competed on the USA Olympic team this summer and she won three medals, a full set. She won gold, silver, and bronze. Um, that gold being in the individual all around, you know, people really expected Simone Biles to win that. And then unfortunately, she did have to back out, but that really opened the door for SUNY and it really was her moment. And she really did Auburn proud on that. And she also led the team to win silver in the all around and then bronze in the uneven bars. And if you've been following SUNY at all, you know, she is the queen of uneven bars. And it was really exciting, I think, to see for, you know, Auburn fans everywhere, it was exciting to see her look so good at the Olympics. And I think it gives a lot of hope and a lot of excitement for Auburn gymnastics going forward. And one of the biggest things that SUNY really represents for Auburn right now is this NIL rule. And if you haven't already heard of this rule, it basically allows um, student athletes to profit off of their name, image, and likeness. And so before now, athletes really had to choose between going pro or going college. And now they just, they really don't have to. Um, and she really is the first or one of the first um, student athletes to have gone pro. And then now she's going to college and able to profit off of that professional career that she has started. And um, she, um, in a press release by Auburn Athletics on um, the 13th of August, she said, quote, I have to take advantage of this opportunity. Nobody has done it before. I want to help be the face of that and help other people in the future know that they can do college and still make money. I feel like it's a win-win situation. And um, she is just really that first representative of this rule. And it'll be really interesting to see going forward how this changes um, college athletics and how it changes people going pro. And, you know, you have people like Michaela Skinner, who is also a gymnast on the USA team this summer for the Olympics. And, you know, she's been very outspoken about this rule. She, um, in a recent interview, she stated that Quote, it's really cool to see the Olympic athletes be able to go and get their education now that the rules have changed to still have opportunities and not give it all away. She also said, I wish it could have been me four years ago. I'm ready to go sit in the stands and support everyone. But yeah, you know, and Michaela Skinner, she's just going to be supporting SUNY. You know, they are friends. They do have that relationship now. They've been on a team together. And I think it's really cool that she is coming alongside SUNY and 
being supportive of her, even though she really didn't get that opportunity. So always cool to see that sportsmanship. And I think Suni, as she's been going to these um, press conferences and all of that, she's been talking about how cool it was for her just to be a part of a team. Because if you don't know a lot about gymnastics, it is a pretty individual sport. Um, And just her going to the Olympics, being a part of that team, having to step up, be the leader as Simone Biles had to sort of step back, it really showed her maturity. It showed the way that she can be a team member. And I think it also really gives Auburn fans a sneak peek into what they can see going forward for Auburn Gymnastics. I mean, she, as young as she is, you know, she's 18. She's just fresh out of high school. And I think if we all think back about when we were fresh out of high school, that's a little bit crazy to think about where she is and what she's doing. But she has really taken on that leadership. And it's really cool to see. Also relating to Olympics, Zach Apple, who swam at Auburn from 2015 to 2018 before he transferred to Indiana for his senior year. He won um, gold in the 4x100 meter freestyle relay and also won gold in the 4x100 meter medley relay. And I think Team USA is really just they dominated at the Olympics in swimming. And a really big part of that was Zach Apple. So always nice to see previous Auburn students succeeding in that way. And we also have Annie Laser. She was a swimmer as well and she won bronze in the 200 meter breaststroke and you know Annie graduated from Auburn in 2016 and really has had to overcome so much since then it was really amazing just to see her overcome everything that she had to overcome she was the oldest woman ever to qualify for her first Olympics at the age of 26 essentially coming out of retirement to compete and train for the Olympics. And then also on a sadder note, just having to overcome the loss of her father, um, who died reportedly of COVID-19 on the 25th of April, you know, and that was right before she had to qualify for or compete to qualify for the Olympics. And um, just really, I think this tells about resilience and her just really living out the Auburn Creed. You know, if you don't know, the Auburn Creed just says that I believe in work, hard work. And I think she's just such a hard worker and so resilient. And for her to be able to go through all of the difficult things and grieve and her being able to be surrounded by other USA team members and just for them to build her up, again, it speaks to just how great sportsmanship is and when people can reach out to other athletes who are going through difficult things and bring them up it makes every other person it just builds up the whole sport and really really nice to see that if you want to hear more about other Auburn Olympians you definitely have to check out the article that was written by our sports editor Jake Weiss it recaps all of the athletes and you'll find everything Olympics that you want to know about them. Um, also, we are continually updating the story as the Paralympics are going on. So watch out for add-ons to that. All right, and we will be right back after this break.
The Korea Center King Sejong Institute in the Auburn University Office of International Programs is offering four Korean language courses this fall, from September 13th to December 7th. Each course is $120 and taught on Zoom by a native Korean-speaking instructor. All courses are open to everyone, and the Level 1 course requires no previous Korean-speaking experience. To learn more and register, email auksi at auburn.edu. That is auksi at auburn.edu. All right, guys, we are back, and we are with Miley, our one of our podcast editors here at The Plainsman, and she's going to be asking me some questions about an interview that I did with Auburn volleyball coach Crouch. Um, so excited to be talking about volleyball. It's really something I think a lot of people overlook it, but it's important. It's really important to look at it, and there's a lot of exciting things going on. So, Thank you, Kristen. So Auburn Volleyball has had a lot of roster changes this past season. How do you think that Crouch navigated that? He said that about 33% of their team is completely new members. Um, So definitely a big switch from last season. Um, Now they did have to opt out of the spring season due to um, illness, injury, opt-outs, whatever all COVID-related sort of things. And um, now they're back with that full roster. They've got six new players, uh, Fallon, Laham, Jordan Sinis, Kate Curtis, Cassidy Tanton, Rebecca Rath, and Liz Reach. And those are that. Those are those six new players joining the team this fall. Um, so Lanham, Sinis, Curtis, and Tanton are incoming freshmen, um, while Rath and Reach transferred from Maryland and Portland. So um, definitely did a lot of recruiting, right? Did a lot of reaching out to new players and trying to just rebuild and recraft um, the team to what he is hoping for. Coach Crouch is really competitive. You know, he came across in the interview that I had just very passionate about winning and you know he really wants girls on the team who are going to deliver that so definitely a big part of him in that new roster are there any players in particular that he mentioned that stood out to him yes so he specifically mentioned um reach so liz reach is was one person that he talked about and you know he he said it's really hard not to like her. You know, everyone on the team loves her and she is a um, a graduate student. And so she's got that experience and he's actually known her for about seven years um, because he coached her when they were both back at Portland. Um, and so before he came over to Auburn. So having that experience and, and just the connection with each other, I think is going to give them a huge advantage. And he really looks to her to lead and to step up and show these girls how to compete, how to um, really push and practice. And, you know, two other girls that he mentioned were Val Green and Bella Rosenthal, both of them, you know, just looking to them to set the tone, right? Set the tone for practice, set the tone for games. And um, he is really hopeful about them really being able to win some games this year and you know although it was a rough season last year I think having this new roster having these new girls is going to really put a a completely different um, tone and really 
they've got a fresh start, new turning pages, and just starting off really well. Uh, moving on from the players, did Crouch have anything to say about the non-conference play? Yeah, he was really excited about non-conference playback. Um, last season, you know, he was saying how it was difficult to not have that, um, you know, he almost looks at it as a preseason, essentially, where you have those non-conference teams that are maybe a little bit easier, um, a lot of home games, and they really missed out on having that preparation, that time for their team to gel and bond and, um, you know, Kind of going back to what I was talking about with Liz Reach, you know, he said that she was going to be their glue, that she was a glue player. And having glue players in non-conference play to begin the season is just such a strong way to start. And um, it's going to give them a much better tone, a much better way to start the season off than it did, you know, just starting going right into the SEC play. You know, he's said many times the SEC is definitely superior when it comes to Auburn volleyball competition, Um, you know, just with Kentucky and um, Texas will be in the SEC in a few years. And both of those teams are super competitive in volleyball. So um, he's really excited about just raising the bar, right? Raising the standard when it comes to competition and within the SEC and having non-conference play will really allow them to do that. And it will allow them to have those home games, those practices, um, get rested, get, you know, all healed up and ready for the SEC play later in the season. So what do you think Crouch's vision is for this upcoming season? Yeah, you know, he gave such a strong uh, message to both his team members and to um, fans and Auburn students. He really wants them to start investing and um, really start following volleyball. There's a lot to look forward to. There's definitely a light at the end of the tunnel when it comes to their play. And I'll let you all listen to that clip right now. I think now is the time to buy stock in Auburn Volleyball, all right, because it's, it's, it's a good time to jump on board and come to games and get to know players that are young, and it, we're going to be young for the next two years, but yeah. we're going to be really good in about three years. So awesome. get in on the ground floor. Thanks for that, Kristen. We'll be right back after the break. Hi, this is Evan Melans, Editor-in-Chief of the Auburn Plainsman. Here's what's happened since you've been gone. City Council Member Stephen Dixon sued a dozen city staff, including his fellow council members, in June after the council passed a law placing more restrictions on short-term housing rentals such as Airbnb. Auburn now requires residents have a business license to rent out their properties. Dixon has rented out the basement of his home since 2018 but could not obtain a business license after the restrictions were placed due to the location of his home. The lawsuit, which is still ongoing, questions the legality of the restrictions and seeks to overturn them. On June 11th, Auburn University President Jay Googe announced that he is seeking retirement. Googe was appointed the 20th president of the university last year after serving in an interim role in 2019. He had previously been the 18th president of the university from 2007 to 2017. After the NCAA Board of Governors approved a name, image, and likeness policy on June 30th, Auburn student-athletes became eligible for compensation through company sponsorships. Auburn quarterback Bo Nix has since been sponsored by Milo Sweet Tea and Bojangles. Now, back to the show. 
Okay, guys, we cannot do a sports podcast without talking about Auburn soccer. Now, Auburn soccer, uh, they have started back up, and they are coming off of a 2-0 win on the road at Mercer. Um, that was back on the 14th, and that brought their record to 1-1. One and, one. and this coming week, they're going to be traveling up the road to Birmingham on the 19th to play Samford, who is coming off of a win against Murray State themselves. So it'll be interesting to see how both of these teams, you know, coming off of these wins, what kind of momentum they're going to bring into this game. Auburn has a lot of promising young talent on their team, and I think they're really looking for people to deliver, for people to start being um, really consistent, having their you know, experience a little bit cut short last season. Um, you know, they did have a season, but, you know, due to COVID, obviously it was much shorter than it would have originally been. And so I think just coming off of their experience last season, that team effort, team building that they were able to go through, it's going to be really cool to see how they are going to approach Sanford. And, you know, Sanford is probably going to be bringing momentum too. We'll see how this clash goes and what Auburn soccer has to offer us for this season. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. It really means a lot to us that you support us and listen to our podcasts. And I am thrilled to be doing this podcast. I'm thrilled to be able to reach all of you listeners out there. We appreciate all of you and got some really, really exciting things coming for you this fall. Uh, we have, we're going to have some really great guests. We're going to have some really amazing games that we're going to be covering. So keep an eye out, um, keep listening and thank you guys so much. Again, this has been page a podcast brought to you by the Auburn Plainsman. I'm your host, Kristen Carr, and we're signing off. Thank you.